I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and sits on the right hand of the Father Almighty. From whence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Thank you. The children are dismissed to Children's Church as we begin. The children are dismissed to Children's Church. And wow, how do we go on from there? I mean, we've had such a great message already. It's just talking about the power of the gospel, the power of the cross, the power of Christ's life. But today we're in week three of this new series on the creed. As we're looking to know what we believe, and we're using these statements from the creed not to say that the creed saves us or that restating these, these statements day after day or night after night, week after week is what saves us. But we know that this creed can be a springboard, a trampoline to jump us into scripture, to jump in to see the power that God's given us to lead us and to give us wisdom of life, to let us know about the gospel and to let other people know about the gospel as well. In Genesis 1.1, we read, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You see, everyone has some sort of creed that they believe in. You may not even believe it, but the word creed in itself simply means belief. What do we believe in? This creed helps us to think through what do we believe in. If somebody comes up to us on the street and asks what we believe in, we can give them a full explanation of what we believe in as we use this as a springboard to dive into Scripture and God's Word. But we need to be specific. You see, as we've talked about in the past couple weeks, we need to know what we believe in a way which we can give them the great details which matter and the details that lead to life. We can't just say when somebody says, what do you believe? And you just say, oh, I believe in God. Well, there's thousands of religions in this world all believing in some type or some form of God. But only one God is the one that saves. And we need to be able to describe, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of the heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus who died and rose again. We need to be able to explain the fullness of our faith. So the creed helps us to see the foundations of our faith. But as we've also talked in previous weeks, the creed does not contain all things Christianity. In fact, it leaves out some very basic, some very important, some very foundational doctrines of the Bible. But it is a great jump, jumping board, a great springboard into Scripture to find where those answers are. It's a great summary of what we believe. And I believe, as others have stated as well, that no Christian should believe less than what the creed says. But we should all believe more than what it says. And we must believe all that, that of what Scripture says. We're not the author. We, we can't edit it. We shouldn't even try to edit it. 
To edit one part of the Bible makes it seem like any part of the Bible is able to be edited. It, makes, it takes away the power of God's word. It takes away the power of the gospel. Because if you say, well, I don't believe in creation, if you want to edit that part, well then, who's to say that you can't edit the cross, the power of Christ? Christ's life can, can completely. And without God, without creation, without the life of Christ, we have no salvation, we have no future. Well, then you can say, I don't believe there's, there's any heaven. I don't believe there's any hell. Well, without these foundational truths, what is Christianity? What do you really believe in? Because it's not Christianity. What you believe in is just a religion which you've created upon yourself that doesn't provide hope for a future. It might just provide you happiness for the day. Because you get to make and choose whatever you want to be, whatever you want to do, and live however you want to live. And there's consequences to how we want to live. God's righteous way of living leads to eternal life. But the ways of living according to the way we want to live, according to the way that the world tells us to live, does not lead to these things. <clears throat> there is one thing I'd like to edit, though. And this is the focus of today's message. You see, in the Apostles' Creed, we read this. We, we read, in the beginning, I'm sorry, that's Genesis 1. We read, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. But did you catch that? There is a difference. You see, maker of heaven and earth, what I want to expound upon, what I want to edit, isn't scripture itself. We should never edit God's word. You wouldn't take, you would not take the Lord of the Rings. You wouldn't take the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. You wouldn't take the sword and the stone or any classic literature and think you can edit it. That's the author. That's the work that he created for you to enjoy. God's word is not something we should edit. God, the author, is the one who knew. It's inspired by God himself. But here's what I want to edit. When we talk about the creed and it says the maker of heaven and earth, I think we need to look to it and say he's not just the maker, he's the creator of heaven and earth. But more than that, he's not just the creator of the heaven and earth, he is the creator of all. All things, both visible, invisible, earthly, and universally, God created everything that is not God and created it all out of nothing. He is the God, the Father Almighty, creator of everything, creator of all, and that is how powerful he is. Colossians 1.16 says, For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. For him. Romans 11.36 says, For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. He is the creator of all. And I think we can see two things because of this. I mean, I'm sure we can come up with many things, but this is the direction I'm taking it today. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, creator of all. And because he is the creator of all, we can see one. All creation should glorify him, for he created them. And number two, he continues to care for his creation. Revelations 4.11 says, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. 
For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. You see, to recognize God as creator of all is to also recognize that you have purpose for today and hope for tomorrow. You're not an accident. You're not a mistake. You're not just something that came into existence by chance. And also, you're not alone. You have a God that cares for you and loves you. And I can't get into all the proofs, all the evidences for creation today. We just don't have time. But there's a lot of evidence out there for creation. And if you need help finding these, if you're just saying, I have weak faith in this area, email me, message me, call me. I will help you find those resources. There are scholars who have, are, who have dedicated their entire lives to proving the truth of the Bible. Everything that God claims. You know, another... Even, uh, another um, scholar said this, R.C. Sproul said, to confess that God is creator is to confess that we are not cosmic accidents devoid of ultimate value. We came from somewhere significant and we are headed towards a destination of importance. But back to the topic at hand to stay close on time. Because he is the creator of all, we will see two things. One, all creation should glorify him for he created them. And two, he continues to care for his creation. We start with this. All of creation praises his name. All of creation should glorify him for he created them. And Jesus himself, when he was being praised at his entry, he said in Luke 19.40 that if the crowds were not praising him, the very rocks would cry out. But then we see in numerous other scriptures, as in Psalm 148 reads this. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. Verse 5, let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. And the psalm goes on and on. I don't have time to share the many other references, the many other scriptures, but Psalm 148 does just give us that great illustration that all of creation is meant to praise our Lord, for he commanded and they were created. But I don't know if we really look to God, the Father Almighty, creator of all, with the respect, with the dignity, with the awe-inspiring power that we should. I mean, when you read scriptures like that, that even the sun and the moon and the stars praise him, the whole heavenly host praise him, all of his creation praise him, and then we think about our lives. I mean, think about it for a second. Are we so busy pursuing the treasures of this world that we fail to take the time needed to really admire the treasure that we have in and through God the Father Almighty? Do we praise him like the creation says they do? Like God's word says all of creation does? Or are we so busy admiring the things we have, the treasures of this earthly world, that we're not even taking the time needed to just be in awe of God, to admire him, to praise him, to give him the glory for what you have, everything around you. Acts 17, 28, that we've looked to the past couple weeks, says, says that we live and move and have our being because of God. Everything we have is because of him. Everything we have a possible future of having because of him is because of him. We are lost without him. We have nothing without him. 
and he is worthy of our praise. He is the God who notices the sparrow. He feeds the birds of the sky. He cares for his sheep. He is a protector of life. He is a giver of life. He put the stars in the sky, and each one is numbered and named. And he cares for you, and he knows you intimately as well as Matthew 10 says that he knows the very hairs on your head. Because he is the creator of all, he does not leave it all. Or because he is the creator of all, he does not leave at all. You see, God the Father Almighty, the creator of all, owns it all, and he cares for it all. In Psalm 95, 5, we read, The sea is his, for he made it. Psalm 89, 11, The heavens are his. The earth are his. The world and all that is in it is his. He created them all. Psalm 24, 1 says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and those who dwell therein are his. We are his. And he doesn't leave us. He doesn't forsake us. He continues to care for us. He owns us. And he cares for us. He doesn't own us like a slave master of the past, whipping and abusing you and punishing you all the day long. He owns you as a heavenly father who cares for you. But he does want to see you live according to his righteous ways. And most importantly, he wants to see you praise him and glorify him. For this is why you were created. You were created for him. God being the creator of all, I believe, has a lot more power than just being the maker of all. Let me give you an illustration. I was thinking about this this week, and I was thinking about the website or the app Pinterest. And maybe you think just now, because I said that name Pinterest already, I'm not a man or I'm not some manly guy. Oh, wow, what did he just say, Pinterest? Why couldn't they come up with a, a better universal name? Just something about Pinterest screams a feminine name. But Pinterest is a great resource. Now, maybe you've never heard of Pinterest, and if you haven't heard of Pinterest, then I ask you, just picture the internet, picture a book, picture Google. All of these things are tools or resources to help us create things. Now, let me expand upon that illustration. You see, they help you to create things because Pinterest in itself or Google or the internet is full of recipes or instructions on how to make something. I used it a lot when I was a youth pastor or when I was going on camping trips with teens and I had to look up um, breakfast ideas, lunch ideas, dinner ideas around the campfire. Or maybe I was looking up youth group game ideas. Maybe you're looking up a craft idea or quilting idea. Maybe you're looking up a project. I remember when I was making a, a table last year and I went to Pinterest and I searched dining room table. And you have all these plans pop up in front of you with instructions. They give you the supplies list, what to buy. They give you the exact measurements on how to cut it. They give you pictures. They give you video clips. Pinterest, Google, the internet, the book, whatever you want to picture is a great tool to help you or to help me because you don't always know how to create something. I enjoy fixing things. I enjoy building things, but very often I don't know where to start. You don't know how to start. Depending on what you're talking about, we all struggle with creating things. We can go to Pinterest, we can go to Google, we can go to internet, we can get inspiration, we can go to books to help give us an idea for where to start, where to go. But here's the great thing. God didn't need Pinterest. God didn't need 
the internet. God didn't need books. God didn't need Google. God didn't need anything. God created everything out of nothing. He is the great creator. And like a painter, like a creator, like a builder, he created from nothing. And as he started out, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was dark, without form, and he created. Let me read to you from Genesis 1, 1. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. The darkness was over the face of the deep. I think about, of a canvas, a picture being black, and the painter, the master artist thinking, hmm, what should I put here? But unlike a painter using a paintbrush or using his hands, God created everything out of the power of his spoken word. As we read further, it says, The earth was without form and void, and the darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. That's only the first day, but you see what I'm, think, what I'm saying? God created everything out of nothing. He didn't just make something like us, like me. I would need somebody's help to tell me, how do you make this? What supplies or what, what measurements? I'm sure I might be able to figure it out eventually on my own, but it might be a little bit more like those Pinterest fails. We end up having to try again and again and again until it's perfected, or at least somewhat perfected. But God created everything out of nothing without anybody's help except for the Trinity. You see, we do have these evidences in creation that God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit together were in the beginning creating together. That again is saved for another sermon. But again, here's the point to this illustration. God did not need, and he still does not need, anything or anybody's help to spark ideas of creativity. God the Father Almighty is the creator of all, not just the maker of all. And because he is the creator of everything, the creator of all, he is worthy to be glorified, to be praised. And he cares for you. He cares for you. As we look to Genesis 1-1, and we don't have time today, but I do want to challenge you with this. As you look to Genesis chapter 1 and beyond, you can see the who, what, when, how, why of creation. You can see the who. Who created the heavens, the earth, the universe? It's God. You can see the how. You can see the powerful word of God that spoke it to be. You can see the why. You can see the when. All of these things are explained. I challenge you to read Genesis this week and see those answers because the world cannot give you all these answers. And they try to give answers, but all of their answers leads to a future without hope. Only God's design, God's creation, really gives you the purpose and the value that you have. But moving on, in Genesis 1.1, as you read it, you should note that we are not meaningless products, void of any purpose or value that happen, coming into existence by accident. We are the result of a thought of God, a word of God the creator of all things. And in Psalm 139, 14, it says, I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I saw a great illustration today talking about the spoken word of God. You see, a breath. As you speak, air comes out of your mouth. A breath comes out of your mouth. 
And it's by that breath that all of creation lives. We breathe. God spoke into existence all that is, and it's because of his breath, it's because of his speaking that we have life. We have life, and that's to be valued. But I think sometimes we spend so much time critiquing ourselves, critiquing others, putting people down, tearing them apart, judging others, that maybe we need to take a moment to just encourage each other, to see that we are fearfully and wonderfully made to truly show somebody how much you care for them. And instead of tearing them apart, let's tell them of God's love. Instead of judging them, let's tell them of God's love. Now, I'm not saying we don't judge. I'm not, telling we, I'm not saying we don't tell people the wrongfulness in their ways. But I'm saying we use God's word, and we encourage them. We also tell them the truth. We tell them the righteous ways of living of God, and we tell them how much God loves them, that they he sent his one and only son to die for them, for them on the cross. By believing him, by professing in him, by professing that you're a sinner in need of a savior, you can have life and have a future. Now maybe you think you don't have a problem here. Maybe you think, well, I do pretty good at encouraging people. I do pretty good at encouraging others. I do pretty good at encouraging myself and not tearing myself apart. Maybe you think, I'm a pre pretty creative person too. I'm kind of like God. I'm creative. I, I'm not like that Pinterest illustration that you used or Google or the internet or a book. I don't need books. I can see a pile of lumber and I can make something out of the creativity of my mind. I can see a blank canvas and I can know what to paint. I can see a, a pile of fabric and I can make the most beautiful quilt out of it without looking at anything for inspiration. Well, I still want to remind you this. Maybe you think you're a good person. Maybe you think that you're creative. But you're still not good by God's standard. Because we're all sinners in need of God's grace, in need of Jesus, in need of this cross. And it's by his love that we are saved. It's by the cross that we're saved. None of us are creative as God is creative. Because none of us can create out of nothing. We all need something. We need that pile of lumber. We need that pile of fabric. We need something to create something. Or maybe you need to hear, you're not God. Maybe that's strong to you. Maybe that's blunt to you. Maybe you really don't see, see yourself as God, but as you look to your life, you notice that you're trying to be your own God because you're not going to God for help as you should. You're trying to handle everything on your own, and you're always going to fall down when you're trying to handle things on your own. You're still going to fall down when you're following God too, but the difference is you have somebody to pick you up, to carry you, to help give you strength, to help you to persevere until you come into his presence for all of eternity. No matter how creative or great or talented of a person you are, you still are in need of the creator of all. God is everything you need. Everything. And in first, in 2 Peter 1.3, we read this. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life, through our knowledge of him who called us by, uh, by his own glory and goodness. We have everything we need because of God. Everything. But you know what this, this speaks of? It speaks about our learning of God. And the more that we learn about God, we recognize that God is everything you need because he is everything you need. 
Let me say that again. God gives you everything you need because he is everything you need. As we're learning more about God, seeing his handiwork in creation and studying his word, we become learners of his great character. So here are some take-home points for you. Number one, God being the creator of all means that the universe is not an accident and that every single person, all of his creation is to be highly valued. Highly valued. Think about how you're treating people. Think about how you're how you're talking to people. Think about the thoughts in your mind as you look at somebody, as you think about somebody. Are you thinking about that person? Are you treating that person? Are you talking about that person as somebody who's highly valued in the eyes of God? Maybe struggle with this. This is something you need to talk to the creator of all about and ask for his help with. Again, you're not meant to do it all on his own. Creation itself is proof that there is a designer Do not be blind, do not be ignorant of your faith, because if you have faith in God, if you've truly professed that he is your savior, he gives you revelation, he gives you understanding that the world just doesn't have all of this understanding. There's still some truths which we're going to struggle with, and we need to have faith, and we need to ask God, God, help me in my belief. As Mark 9, 24 says, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. There's things which we need God's help to help us to believe in because we struggle with our human minds that just can't comprehend all of God's wisdom. Our sin disables us from clearly seeing what should be evident by creation. Our sin prevents us, disables us from seeing clearly what should be evident in creation. Next we have this. If God is the creator of all things, us included, then we must submit to him not the other way around. We must submit to him. We are just a comma in his story of creation. We are a comma in the place of all of of eternity. We are a comma in his story. We're not the main thing. He is the main thing. As James 4.14 says, we are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Our life here is a mist that appears for a while and then vanishes. So think about that life that you have that mist how fast you'll vanish what are you doing for god what are you doing for his kingdom what are you doing for your life to make sure your life aligns with his righteous ways of living are you truly seeing him and treating him as the creator of all and then lastly i believe it's lastly yes is this we are one part of his creation but he says we are wonderful beautiful he will care for you God, the Father Almighty, creator of all, will care for you. My final take-home, my challenge to you is that. Look to creation. Look to Genesis 1 this week and see the God who created all out of a powerful word, out of a thought. Look to see how how much he created out of nothing and how much he cares for you. Look to the power of the cross as we talked about with communion today. Look and admire and be in awe of his power and love for you. Let me close in prayer. Lord, we thank you for your word, which gives us truth, which gives us wisdom, which gives us comfort, which gives us strength. It gives us all we need because you are all we need. We find everything we need in you because you are everything we need. Lord, we pray that as we seek you from our daily life with our whole heart, that we'll find you, Lord, and we just pray that do we seek you as we should.
do we praise you as we should, Lord, because, because you're the creator of all, we should all be glorifying you, seeking you, because you've created us, and you love us, and you want to care for us. Lord, thank you for never giving up on me. Thank you for never giving up on us. Help us to see what we believe, to understand what we believe, and to profess what we believe. Help us to glorify you in all we do. Help us to help edify the saints, edify the believers as you edify us. You help us to grow in our knowledge and faith in you.